Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm Tanya Sam, host of the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood. This daily podcast will help give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. With celebrity guests like Rick Ross, Amanda Seals, Angela Yee, Roland Martin, J.B. Smooth, and Terrell Owens, tune in to learn how to turn liabilities into assets and make your money move. Subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you leave a review. My next guest is uh, Craig Melvin. He's the co-host of the Today Show and the author of the book, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. You may know Craig. He's an award-winning news anchor, as I said earlier, on the Today Show. You also have seen him on MSNBC Live and a host of Dateline. He's on the show discussed his book, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. It's the story of all the father figures in Craig's life, and that includes inspiring men from his program or his series called Dad's Got This series on NBC, NBC News today. These experiences and encounters have shaped Craig's understanding of his own role as a dad, and I'm sure I can be related. We'll have a nice conversation since Father's Day has recently passed. He has two young children. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Craig Milvin. How you doing, Craig? Sean, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. Uh, I always enjoy your conversation, so honored to be a part of one. Thank you, my man. Uh, a Southern boy, South Carolina. Okay. There you go. You know, uh, I, I, you know, 
when I, when I see people on TV and you're so articulate, you there are no y'alls, there are no accents. How does a man come straight out of Columbia? And I know Columbia because Steve Harvey and I used to go down a lot performing at the town center, selling that place out all the time. So I'm very familiar with South Carolina, Charleston, that whole low country. There's no low country in your tone. What's going on here? How you how you break that low country accent, low country accent? Oh, it's funny because I didn't. I never. I never had it. My mom. Uh, you'll appreciate this, uh, growing up in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, the way that you grew up. My mom grew up in the projects mm-hmm. and you know, first in the family to go to college and first in the family to get a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. So when we came along, she wanted to expose us to, to things and places that she had not been exposed to. Right. And, and consequently, I think was, I was probably 14 or 15 and she had us uh, take part in these oratorical contests. Right. Um, and, and that was, was kind of how it started. So I, 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 took, I took some public speaking classes and then these oratorical contests. And then the next thing you knew, I had what they, what they like to call in the business a, uh, a nondescript dialect. <laughs> where you, you, you can't really tell uh, based on listening to me uh, where I'm from. So it, yeah. It's a blessing now. When I was growing up, it was always he's he's, he's talking white. He Absolutely, talks, he talks like a he talks like a white boy. Uh, you, um, so it's you know it's it, it was a curse. Now it's a blessing. Well, you know it's interesting because uh, I knew in my middle school. Yeah, I remember my teacher used to always ask me to read. Used to always ask me to read. And you know people talk about bullying, and you know when you people are talking about they call you snowflake. That was a oh, form yeah. of bullying. And then so it's it's popularized now because people are willing to talk about it. But we all grew up in some form of physical or mental abuse from high school kids or people in the neighborhood. And my I remember this 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 girl, she made such a big deal that I was always asked to read that it, it almost I have to say traumatized me because I, I went exactly the opposite. I wanted to talk. I wanted to say ain't. I wanted to have I wanted to slur my words. I wanted to fit in. And yeah. so with you, I, I bring that story up because you talk about because you was hit with it. You was hit, you know, talking white. You didn't want to act white. You you calling you snowflake. What kept you focused? What kept you from from veering off like I veered off? I veered off and I said, hey, man, I want to fit in and not be me. You know, I think it was um, and I write about in the book. My mother, my mother really was shot. I mean, she um, she she kept us on the straight and narrow at the time. Uh, we we resented the strictness. I mean, my mom, she knew all of our friends. Right. <laughs> she knew all of the parents. Uh, we weren't allowed to stay out past, you know, during the week, maybe mm-hmm. nine o'clock, maybe mm-hmm. on the weekends when kids were going to parties and having fun. I was doing oratorical contests and church <laughs> activities. And uh, I went to, in high school, I think I probably went to maybe three high school football games on Friday night. I just... I didn't. I grew up on a very tight leash, right? Um, and and part of it was my mother overcompensating for for my father not being the kind of dad that he should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of it was mom knew she knew back then. I think kind of what it took. She was a school teacher. Then she went into administration. She knew what it took um, to to shape and mold uh, young black boys, especially. Right. And and that was it. Had it not been for her, had I grown up in, in another house. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Well, you know, in writing your book, you know, the book we're talking about, talking, interviewing Craig Melvin, his book, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. Is it because 
the fact that your father wasn't there, that she maybe overcompensated and wanted to make sure you didn't, you had a better life or you pursued the options, even though I knew she went to college and I think yeah. at the age of 22 is when she became pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. But talk about that in the middle of this, because as we talk about trying to shape you because of the fact that you've been shaped by a lot of people, especially the stories. We're going to talk about the, the prison incident when you was out of Camp Grace, how that really kind of like started you in this direction of humanizing all men, especially men who are incarcerated. Talk about your mom and her role versus your dad's role, because you mentioned it just a little bit. But yeah. that centers around us getting to the story and your father changing his life at the age of 67. So mom, yeah, mom, mom, mom had to play the role of mom and dad uh, for uh, the better part of my childhood. Right. Um, it was, it was, it was a role that she was, you know, she was fortunately well prepared for it because uh, she ended up, she had to take care of her three younger siblings um, when she was in college, and her father uh, skipped out of the family, ended up um, essentially dying on the streets in, in squalor. Um, but no, a mom. Because my father was not physically uh, present as often as I would have liked and my younger brother would have liked and my older brother as well, mom stepped in to, to fill the gap. She filled the, she filled the void. And not just, not just being present in the sense of, of Sean, uh, uh, Little League games or soccer games or, or concerts, not just physically present, but, but, but emotionally present, right. uh, spiritually present. Right. I mean, that, the relationship that I have uh, with God is because of, of my mother's relationship, mm-hmm. uh, with, with God. So it, it was, um, it was divine intervention. You know, had I had any other mother, it, things would not have, have gone, um, the, the way that they did, but you know, it's, it's also, and I write about it in the book, as you know, and mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate the fact that you read the book. You'd be surprised how often we talk to people about books <laughs> and they haven't read word one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I can tell you, you read the whole thing. And I write about, in the book, my father, I asked him during the course of, of my, my interviews with him for the book, I said, Pops, what was the most money you ever wasted mm-hmm. without missing a beat? He said it was about $1,500 back in 1986. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that was a lot of money back then. What would you spend that money on? Right. He said, that's how, much, that's how much it cost to put my daddy in the ground. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in that moment, I realized um, that while I had been frustrated by the lack of relationship I had with my dad, it was exponentially better than the relationship he had with his own father. Right. He didn't even know who his dad was until he was almost a teenager. So it, it, was, it was wholly unrealistic of me to expect him to be the kind of dad that I had, had come to, to, to idolize. He, he couldn't be it because he hadn't seen it. And you can't be something. Or scratch that. It's really hard to be something. Yes. If, if, if you if you haven't seen it, if you haven't been exposed to it. So that's what my dad was up against. It's finally here. The season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah or going to midnight mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. 
No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Well, you know, when I, when I read the book, you know, um, you know, I heard Shotgun House. Okay, I, I grew up in it. I was born in a shotgun house, two-bedroom shotgun house. A lot of people, if you listen to the shotgun house, open the front door, shoot a gun out, shotgun out the, through the, go out the front back door, don't hit anything. That's a shotgun house, okay? Yo. Uh, you, you reference pig feet. Grew up with pig feet, my man. Hey, I oh, wouldn't man. touch them now, Greg. I wouldn't touch them now. <laughs> oh, but, oh. but pig feet were, were, were part of my lifestyle. And so that's the Southern. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm from the South. It was, it was a lifestyle that was normal to me, but it was also a community community lifestyle of people taking care of each other. And that was really important. Not only your dad, even though there were some missteps, there were still people there to take care of him, you know, to make sure he was focused, to shout at him as he became an adult. There were people in the community. That's really important in this book that no matter what, there's some form of family tied to your story and the people in your life. Talk about that. You know, it's a, it's it's funny because long before uh, people started talking about it taking a village mm-hmm. uh, to 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 rear a child, I, I had a village. We, you know, it wasn't called that back back in the eighties in South Carolina, back in the eighties and nineties when I grew up. But I, I I had a village, and 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 yes, there were uh, a number of men um, who played the role of dad along the way. My uncle James, my uncle Jake, my uncle Frank. Um, but th- there were also a lot of women that, that, that played the part as well. i I was disciplined and I think that's the politically correct term. <laughs> I was, I was disciplined by more women growing up than, than men, whether it was my mom or, or one of my aunts or my grandma. I spent a lot of time with mm-hmm. my two grandmothers growing up mm-hmm. and, and they really, uh, shaped me in myriad ways that I didn't fully appreciate until I was older. Right. Uh, but and then after that, I had coaches along the way. I always, God always blessed me with 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 people along the road, right? Uh, that that gave me a little part of of something that I was that I was able to take and build on. Right. It's difficult for young black men, especially. It's, it's difficult to 
to learn how to carry yourself in this world um, with without examples of it. And, and I, I had lots of examples, thankfully, along the way. But the reality is, as you know, Sean, a lot of kids don't have that. A right. lot of kids don't. They just, you know, through no fault of their own, mind you, mm-hmm. they, 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 they don't have a, a mother or a father or an uncle or an aunt mm-hmm. to take their hand uh, on this journey of life. And so they end up finding role models uh, that, that should not be held up or that should right. not be on a pedestal. And right. they begin to, to emulate them. You know, the the thing I really like about your book is that sometimes, because uh, I, 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 my father was a truck driver, you know, so, you know, when he wasn't driving trucks, you know, he was, uh, he was, he wasn't really connected to me. I can, I can tell you, he was my father. I can tell you that. My mom was there for me. My mom pushed me. My mom always felt I could be somebody special in life. Uh, when your father showed up for your ball game, that, that memory, you don't know if you got a hit or a home run or you or got, or got struck out every time you went up the bat, but you remember that moment. And then when your mom rescued you, when you thought uh, you had uh, entered early fatherhood, <laughs> you know, those are two moments that really, I bring up those two moments, Craig, because despite of all the things we do in our life, there are always memories that really, some haunt people, some inspire people. Your father showing up for your game and your mom, I basically coming to the rescue because she did something that enabled you to relax. Talk about those two key moments of parenting. Even though your father wasn't there, that was a key parenting moment that he provided for you that stays with you today. It probably carries into your parenting with your with your children today. And then your mom being there for you at a moment of doubt, frustration, fear. But both of them were there at different times. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the part of my book where I, uh, I, 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 I almost became a teenage father. I was almost a, a statistic at the age of 14, mm-hmm. uh, no less. I, I made a, 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 a bad choice. I made mm-hmm. a bad choice. And you know what? I write about it because I, I wrote about it because I wanted people to understand uh, there, but for the grace of God, go I. And, 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 and I think a lot of folks can relate to this, this idea that, you know, there's that night or sometimes that day, but usually it's, it's that night where you went left, but you could have gone right. Right. Went right and, and, and had you made a different decision, it would have altered the course of your life in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Um, that almost happened to me. I got mm-hmm. lucky. And, and, and I, at that point in my life, I was, I didn't have much of a relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was afraid of my mother, uh, deathly afraid. <laughs> so I, I couldn't talk to her about it. And, and it was a situation where, you know, this young lady was convinced she was pregnant. And I, like, I had to, I had to do something. This was not one of those situations where uh, inaction was an option. Right. And, um, and I write in the book about how I went to my, my aunt. And it was my aunt that finally convinced me that I had no choice but to talk to my mother. Right. Uh, but my mom has always been, long before we started calling people fixers, my right. mom was a fixer. Like it was, it was um, that, that obviously was an extreme example, but there were so many other times in my life where I thought I was out of options. I didn't know what <laughs> yes. I was going to do. And I prayed to God and put trust in Betty Jo Melvin. And, and Betty Jo Melvin always came through and still does now, mind you, in a different way. My dad, you know, I wrote about that, that, that part in the book, Rashawn, where he showed up at my Little League game. And the memory stayed with me 
uh, because it was so rare to that point. My, my dad, um, and, and again, now looking back on it, knowing what we know about addiction, about mm-hmm. it being a disease and not a weakness, mm-hmm. I understand why he wasn't there. I understand why he had walled himself off from our family and society at large. But back then, I was a kid. You know, right. I was a kid who wanted my, my, my dad to, to be proud of me and see me. Uh, and certainly watch, watch my little league games. And so when he showed up uh, that evening and I saw him uh, down the third baseline there on the, on the fence, it's a, it's a memory that, that stayed with me because it was so rare. That being said, now um, he's everywhere. Like, yes. I, you know, I, he was up two weeks ago. My son had a soccer game. My dad was right there with me on the sideline. <laughs> um, and 30 seconds in, my, my boy hadn't scored a goal all season. 30 seconds in. Dribble, 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 shoot, score. First goal of the game. And and me and my pops are high-fiving like he had just won a green jacket at Augusta. Yes. NPS, CSAT, average handling time. Sometimes taking your brand's customer experience to the next level can seem like an uphill battle filled with thorny metrics challenges. But it doesn't have to be this way, thanks to Ubiquity. If you have call volume surges, seasonal staffing fluctuations, or new service offerings... Fill these holes with Ubiquity, a partner you can count on. Receive a free, customized consultation at Ubiquity.com. That's U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, We reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, We reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know, um, the book is um, an emotional book. Uh, I would say emotional because I told people, when I get a book like this, I have to slow read it. Because sometimes it hit points where I go, oh, 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 I'm about to, I'm about to go there. I'm not. Let me finish this moment. And because um, I remember a moment with my dad, um, 1992, when I owned a comedy club, and my dad had never, ever been to anything I've been, and he just showed up at the comedy club, and uh, it was sold out. And I looked in the lobby. I said, "What you doing here, Dad?" He go, "I come to see my son." Oh, and, and he man. looked around. He looked, "Wow, this you, this you, this you." And I went, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, because I always said sir to my dad. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, he said, he said, I'm proud of you, son. And, um, and, and like I said, this is this, because that's what the book did to me as a dad. Because when you start talking about incarceration and you talk about, remember you, talk, you said earlier, right turn, left turn, those turns. I always say that when I was in college, you know, you, you played as a fraternity. I played Omega Sci-Fi. And you always do stupid things. I remember the, the big brother said, we want some plants. Well, we didn't have no money. And so uh, I remember this, was this, this giant open field where they had plants back in the day. And me and my lion brothers, we went and stole these plants, man. I mean, if you look back on it, Craig, 
from the freeway, you would have seen us running across this field with these plants, okay? So anybody could have went, what are those black dudes, boys doing right. running with all these giant plants? Right. And I had a little Fiat uh, X19, which is a two-seater, and the truck was in the front. So I had to put the f- plants in the front, and it was blocking my windshield. So uh, all along the way, I could have stopped and stopped by the police and been incarcerated. And my life could have changed on that right turn, left turn that you were talking about earlier. You are meeting men who've done something far worse than what I've talked about, but they have made a mistake. And sometimes because they've made a mistake, we don't give them a second chance because we feel that they are unworthy of that second chance. And then in your book, you talk about, guess what? They are fathers, too. Yep. Let's talk about that journey of, of you doing a story, I think, basically changed your life. And it started with Camp Grace. Yeah, it was one of the most impactful stories I've ever done. Uh, there's a and I don't even remember how we found out about this camp, but um, I was probably reading some article in, in an obscure publication about this um, summer camp at a maximum security uh, prison in uh, California, Salinas State Valley Prison. Yes was the name of the facility. And for one week, every summer, um, they bring in about a dozen or so kids to basically have a, a camp experience with their dads. I mean, you know, arts and crafts, and they play games, and they sing songs, and they do all the stuff that you would do <laughs> at, a, at a camp. I mean, these kids are between the ages of, you know, seven or eight and, and 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And the, the guys who are part of the program have to um, exhibit good behavior for right. a full year. The, the, the camp is a, it's a privilege. And um, I went out and spent some time talking to these guys. And it ended up being just a, a, an emotional day. Because right. these, these are men, first of all, most of them are not going to be getting out of prison. I mean, they've, some of them have, have, have been convicted of, of doing some pretty heinous things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the two women that started the camp, um, both of their husbands were incarcerated and consequently mm-hmm. uh, weren't really a part of the, the, the child's lives. They would get the re- occasional visit, you know, on a weekend and you've got the glass. And, but they weren't able to really be a part of the child's life. So they came up with this idea for a camp. And I talked to one of the guys out there and I asked him the question. I knew a lot of people were going to be asking when they watched or, or read the story. How can someone... Um, accused of some of the things these guys were accused of. How, how, in what universe do they deserve the right to yes. spend time with, with, with a child? Yes. And without missing a beat, uh, he said to me, tears in his eyes, um, they might be right. I, I may not deserve it, but you know what, Craig? My kids do. Right. My, ki- my kids deserve to know their father. They didn't do anything. Uh, wrong. They didn't make any bad choices. Uh, and his larger point, and I think this was just as valid, if we're serious about stopping uh, the, the, the prison pipeline that we always talk about, mm-hmm. uh, then, then we need to make sure that kids of, of incarcerated individuals have relationships with them. He spent a fair amount of his time talking to his daughter right. about choices, making yes. good choices, yes. not ending up where he ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fantastic program. And it moved me. And it also moved me, uh, Rashad, because you know, my grandmother, and it's the first line in the book, not to give away too much, but you know, my, my grandmother, uh, now when I knew her, 
she was either born, <laughs> yes. she was going to church at church or coming right. home from church. Like she, <laughs> she only loved the Lord. Yes. Uh, but apparently, long before I came along, well, the, I'm telling uh, you, what, Craig, just 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 say she's a bootlegger. I don't want to give away no more than that. Just say she's a bootlegger. I don't want to give away the earlier part. Okay, she's a bootlegger. <laughs> she was a bootlegger. She was a bootlegger, and um, and 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 got a second chance. Yes, she did. And had she not gotten a second chance. Uh, who's to say whether I would be here right now, you know? But here's the thing I want to point out about that. Now, his grandmother was in the same jail that Martha Stewart was in. So she got, how many chances has she got? Okay, but in the same facility now, and so so when I when I when I read the book and I'm and and, and I'm, I'm and it's it, like I said, it's an emotional journey because it's your story, but it's a relatable story because I remember when my younger brother was incarcerated in California, and uh, glass talking, and uh, and I was in tears, and 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 he told me he couldn't cry. He said, "I wish I I can't cry. I can't. They can't." He said, "I can't." And my nickname is Ricky. He said, "Ricky, I can't cry." Because they see me crying out here, I, I pay a price when I go back inside. And in that book, you know, the gentleman you interviewed, he said, look, he said, thank God I have a cell by myself because yep. now I can cry. And yep. so I love the fact that you were humanizing people because we, we see these, we see this, we see the violent sides and nobody's trying to downplay that. But we have made mistakes. There are people on the other side of this that have to deal with it emotionally. These are kids. And like one of them said, look, um, it's all right early on when you're playing cards and you're playing catch. But when they become teens, the conversation becomes different. And that's what fatherhood's all about, which leads to your whole life of being a father, being connected to your dad, and now being a present-day father. Let's talk about that, Greg. (laughs) You know, it's, it, um, I, I think that um, I think that you can be shaped by negative examples yes. uh, um, just as much as you can be shaped by positive examples. In fact, I think in some instances, maybe even more so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, growing up, I, I didn't know the kind of man that I wanted to be. Um, I didn't certainly know the kind of father that I wanted to be. But up until a few years ago, I knew I didn't want to be anything, anything like my dad. Yes. Um, and, 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 and that was what, what motivated me personally and professionally, probably to a certain extent now that, I, now that I'm, I'm talking about it, but uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's funny because I have to remind my kids sometimes that I have a job and, and, and consequently I, I cannot be at their beck and call, uh, day and night, uh, because, you know, when my dad was there when we were younger, it was, it was big. Like it was a wedding or funeral yes. or graduation or that, that little league game that I, I write about that I remember because it was so weird. Dad didn't show up for stuff in part because he worked third shift at the post office, but in, in larger part, because, because of the addiction issues that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, I've, I've gone to the other end of the spectrum. So if, you know, I'm there for soccer games and my daughter yes. had a, a gymnastics recital last Sunday morning. And, you know, so I'm, I'm physically present as often as, and as much as I can be, you know, pick, I do school pickup and <laughs> I'm trying to do it all because, you know, my dad didn't do any of it. Now, mm-hmm. now the problem that, that, that you create when you do that, and I, it took me a while to figure this out. I've created expectations. Yes. So if, if I'm not there to go, oh, daddy's got to travel uh, for work. Well, Daddy, why can't you? Why, can you take a later flight? Or maybe, can you go tomorrow? And I've had to say a few times, you know that it's the job that pays 
for, for all of this. <laughs> you don't get to go to dance or you don't get to go to soccer if daddy's not hopping on playing. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So that that's the that's the that's the unfortunate part. But they're, you know, they're starting to understand. But it's funny as you become a parent, how you at some point become you become the kind of, of for me at least the kind of father that I used to mock. Yes. I hate it when my dad would talk about, you know, how much something costs and yes. we don't have money for this. <laughs> and and and, we, and when we were younger, we didn't. Like he wasn't lying. Like we knew we didn't have a lot of money. We knew we had enough. With my kids. Yeah, you know, I've, I've said a few times that well, we can't afford this. And my son, without Mr. Lobito, say, well, y- yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can. And I'm like, and then you then you find yourself trying to come up with a, a new excuse. Like, uh, well, maybe we can't afford it, but that we don't need it. You don't need that. You're right, well, that right, is, right, right. You know, so it's... Uh, it's hard. It's you know, hard. You know, Craig, it, it, I know we're about to wrap up. But I want to bring up a very um, a, f- a fun moment as a parent that I I, I want to share with you because you wrote about it when your son climbed in the bed and you know right. and then your kids when they sleep if you if you don't have kids children you got a very young child yeah. when they climb in the bed they forget you in bed. They, they, kids kids are the worst sleepers in the world, especially when they get that six to ten years of age. They oh, the yeah. worst sleepers. And so, when you said that in the book, you said you 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 you, you, you may miss that. I remember when I, I talked to my daughter when she was like seventeen. I said, "Hey, won't you won't you hop in bed and watch a TV?" She said, "What you talking about?" I said, "You know, can we not watch a TV? Can we not watch TV together?" Man, we used to go. I don't do that no more, Dad. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, we're not doing that. So <laughs> I would tell you this, Craig. That moment brought brought laughter to me. It brought back memories. As your book, you know, the, the amazingly good book, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father, man. Uh, it's a great read. And, and like I said, it slowed me. When I said the word slowed me because I was becoming emotional. Because like I said, my father was a beer drinker. My father worked hard as a truck driver. My father, like I said, was he in my life? I don't know. But did he shape me to be the man I am today? Yes, he did, because he had a role in it. And that, that role has made me to be the man I am. I like to believe I'm a good parent to my daughter, a good husband to my wife. And uh, those are the things that, that the stories that you tell out of this book, from the incarcerated to uh, in, individuals who raised you as a family, the community, and whether teachers who shaped you as third grade teachers who shaped you as, as you go through life and, and you went to school and you, you didn't want to shame your uncle when you didn't pledge Cap Apsa. <laughs> but it was all good, man. I, I love your book, Craig. I want to appreciate you for putting it out there, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. You're very good at what you do. Thank you for having me. Okay, we talk soon, man. I'm going to put this on. I got, look, I got a nice little social media. I'm going to put that out there in my, my newsletter. We're going to get that out there for you. Okay, Craig? Thank you, sir. Be well, okay? okay. All right, bye-bye. If you want to see or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. 
Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for years, he's only said... Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So keep the animals safe, especially the cute shirtless one. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.